my tax lady has this prayer posted beside her desk. I want to thank you, Lord, for being close with me so far this day. With your help, I haven't been impatient, lost my temper, been grumpy, judgmental, or envious of anyone. But soon I'll be getting out of bed, and I think I'll really need your help then. Amen. That's a prayer we should all pray and as we begin this new year. Let me invite you to have your scriptures with you open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's where we'll be studying this morning. The message is called Resolution. Ben Franklin kept his life in, in constant evaluation by asking himself two questions every day of his adult life. In the morning, he would ask, what good shall I do today? And this was followed up by his evening question, what good have I done today? Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. So as we enter into 2023, I want to ask you to join me in, in committing to these three goals for the new year. Number one, resolved, I will restore the priority of putting Christ first. Well, let's go to our, our text, 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 15. And Paul writes, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Should no longer live for themselves. I will restore the priority of putting Jesus first. Verse 16 says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. If Christ is already the constant number one priority in your life, that's great. And I'd say you are an exception. Because I believe for most of us, there is a barrage of competing attractions that are scrambling for primary position of significance in our lives. And so it becomes necessary from time to time to consciously recalibrate our priorities and, and deliberately put Christ back in first place. As we turn the page and, and open the, the next chapter on a new year, this is such a time. In Revelation chapter 2, the church in Ephesus is first commended for her accomplishments and then rebuked, not for any great evil or wickedness present, but because of a gradual drift in their commitment to Christ. <clears throat> it describes them by saying in, in Revelation 2, beginning in verse 2, I know your deeds your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claimed to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered, still commending them, and endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet, here's the pivot, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. They had left their first love. And may that not be true of us and our commitment to Christ. And, and if it does describe us, then may we take the necessary steps and make the adjustments to begin to change starting today. When you first start dating, you want to spend long hours together with that special person. You enjoy talking. You, you want to put the other person first. It just happens naturally at that stage. And when you became a Christian, wasn't it a lot like that? You found time to read your Bible. You, you talked often with God in prayer. You were proud of your relationship with the Lord. You spoke to others about it. 
You were focused on serving the needs of others, and, and you serve selflessly. Remember when you attended worship every week, but now you've grown distracted or complacent and are more sporadic in your attendance and spotty in your involvement at church? If that describes you, then it's time to restore the priority of putting Christ first. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other incidentals in life will fall into the proper place. Put him first, and your secondary needs will be met. Polster George Gallup's findings point out the the need to learn to put the Lord first. In his findings, 53% of the American public say that religion is very important, but he only found that 13% say that they live the faith that they profess. And Gallup concluded, I quote, there is a spiritual vacuum in our country, excuse me, there is not a spiritual vacuum in our country, but spiritual chaos. He said, people want the fruits of faith, but not the obligations. Let me challenge you, in 2023, put Jesus first. He deserves first place. It's not enough just to want Jesus to be your Savior and save you from the consequences of sin, but we must desire him to be our Lord and the leader of our lives. He also wants us to live with a kingdom mindset and not be concerned only with our church, but have a burden for Christ's church universal. He expects us to use our time, our talents, our treasure for spiritual things, for eternal things, for kingdom things. We understand that priority, and as a church, we we try to live with that larger kingdom mindset. And so may it be our goal for the coming year, not only as a church, but as individuals, to place Jesus as the first priority in our lives, that he would have the supremacy in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, in our time, in our money, in our love. So the first resolution that I'm making and asking you to join me in making is I will restore the priority of putting Christ first. The second one is resolved, I will release the past and make a new start. This is a great time of year to to look forward and, and not dwell on the past mistakes or the past accomplishments. God is in control. One poet put it like this, A year untried before us lies, what it shall bring of strange surprise, or joy or grief I cannot tell, but God my Father knoweth well. I make it no concern of mine, but leave it all with love divine. The sun may shed no light by day, no stars at night illume my way. My soul shall still have no fright, since God is all my life and light. Though all the earthly lamps grow dim, He walks in light who walks with him. No ill can come, but he can cure. His word does all of good ensure. He'll see me through the journey's length. For daily need, give daily strength. I will submit to God. He alone is in control. A new year is a new start. It's a chance to make amends for past mistakes, and it's a chance to do better this time.
Listen to the the awesome promise of, of verse 17 in our text. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Don't you like the thought of a do-over, of, of changing the past and, and making a different future? I love the bumper sticker that I've seen that says, if you're going the wrong direction, God allows U-turns. And, and today is, is a U-turn for each of us. As we begin this new year, it provides us this natural opportunity to, to take a spiritual inventory of our own lives. And so I'd like for us to go through several of these areas of our lives and, and each do a self examination of how you're doing and growing in this area. The first area for us to consider is our speech. James chapter 1 verse 26 says, those who consider themselves religious yet yet, yet not keeping a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. And then James goes on to remind us in chapter 3 verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, He is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. None of us could say we never misspeak. And guarding our speech in 2023 is a a worthy goal for us. Ask yourself, do my words reflect encouraging, kind, loving, truthful statements? Or do my statements contain lying, profanity, using the Lord's name in vain, gossip, or a critical spirit? What about the area of our attitudes? Is my attitude wholesome, healthy, positive, or is it angry, negative, lustful, greedy, or jealous? Let's evaluate some of our personal habits. Are there habits in my life that are harming me or my effectiveness for Christ? Today is the day to begin to break their hold uh, on your life. And we had a men's leadership study yesterday morning. One of the things we talked about is before we can ever change, we have to acknowledge our our need for change and admit that problem or or struggle and then seek help. Maybe you're struggling with managing your time and you might admit spending too much time watching TV or on Facebook or on the, the computer or on your phone. And to better control your time, you will resolve to, to limit your time spent on, on social networking. What about your relationship, uh, relationships with, with others? We must ask ourselves, is there a relationship in my life that's pulling me away from my primary relationship with the Lord and, and my commitment to Him? If that's the case, then we know what we need to do. We, we can't allow any relationship to remain if it jeopardizes our, our eternal souls. Well, what about the area of, of our entertainment? Do I need to be more spiritually selective in what I view in movies or videos or websites or on the computer? Well, why not set a goal this year to, to grow in, in the knowledge of the Bible? Learn more of God's Word. I like the quote that says, that the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. And to grow in your knowledge of the Bible means that you will grow more empowered to resist Satan's temptations. Remember in in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was out in the wilderness and was being tempted by by Satan, and Satan was trying to deter him from 
entering into his ministry and, and providing salvation for us all. And, and each time Satan buffeted Jesus with a temptation, he always deflected it with scripture. And he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. The more we become familiar with God's word, the easier it is for us to deflect the, the fiery arrows of the, the devil that he, he shoots at us. A Sunday school teacher was asked to, to list the Ten Commandments. Uh, a Sunday school teacher asked our students to list the Ten Commandments in, in, in any particular order. And so one of the students wrote down three, six, one, eight. Uh, I don't think he had the full grasp of the question or the, the Ten Commandments. The better we know the word, the better we'll be equipped to choose to do what's right. And, and that's why we offer opportunities to, to grow in, in our discipleship and our development as Christians. We have life groups, we have electives, we have Sunday school classes, uh, retreats and uh, events that will help in various ways to, to learn more of, of God's Word. Uh, we have an opportunity through Right Now Media, which is uh, something that our church purchases a, a license e each year for Right Now Media. And we can utilize that license. Everyone who attends here is able to have access to just this unlimited scope of Christian programming on your Roku, and you can hear some, some great teachers, and, and there's all kinds of children's programming that's, that's available. And those are resources. If you want more information on that, just call the church office and say, what's, what's the code for that? I want to start utilizing that and, uh, and take advantage of it. Our, our adult, our teen, our children's teachers at Batesville are, are dedicated to faithful presentation of, of God's Word. So how much you grow uh, depends on how much you put into growing in this coming year. If you only attend an hour of, of worship, that will have a benefit for you. But think if, if you attended worship and you were involved in a Sunday school class and you took part in a life group and you, you volunteered to, to serve in some way at the church, did you see how your, your relationship with the Lord takes on these multifacets? It becomes three-dimensional instead of one-dimensional? So this coming year, the, the strength of our church will be enhanced by growing together in the knowledge of God's work. So let me challenge you personally to, to get up earlier for Bible reading and prayer. By getting up early or reading the Bible on a break or at, at night before you go to, to sleep, if you're more of a night owl, you can let God speak to you. You realize that if you read uh, three or four chapters a day, it will take you through the entire Bible in a year. You can read uh, through the New Testament by completing one chapter a day. It, it really adds up. Many Christians have never read through the entire Bible, and this year could be a great year for you to accomplish that goal. And so let me challenge you to, to get one of the, the Bible reading plans and, and, and go through that journey uh, in the Word. Uh, this is a, a year to assess, and, and, and maybe you've never started tithing. In, in November, during our Faith Promise, we challenged, if you're not currently tithing, to begin giving 10% of your income back to the Lord's work here through the church. And, and many of you stepped up and, and said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that. And as a church, we don't ask you to do something that we're not willing to do. And, and in fact, we go even beyond that. And we model that idea of tithing by giving at least 15% of, of our income to outside missions and, and benevolent causes and Bible colleges. Perhaps at this time of year, you'll want to dedicate a bonus or a raise to advance the Lord's work. 
Um, you may prefer the convenience of scheduling online giving directly from your checking account. But as we begin this new year, be sure you're putting God first in your, your finances uh, as well as, as your time and, and your study. Um, I want to make you aware that everyone here this morning and those who are participating online, you have begun the year of 2023 with perfect attendance. Just repeat the process 51 more times and your goal will be accomplished. But would you determine that unless you are, are sick and contagious, and if you are, we really prefer you to be a part of our online on service that day, but unless you're sick or out of town, determine I'm going to be in worship every week. Uh, it's my commitment to Christ, and, and if I'm traveling, uh, we can suggest a faithful church in the town you're visiting uh, where, where you can worship. As we take inventory, I want to challenge us to, to help others more in this coming year. Our external focus as a church places great emphasis on meeting the needs of others. You're familiar with our mission statement, love God, love people, impact the world. And that's what we want to do as, as we go out and represent Christ this year as his ambassadors. There's a, a Japanese proverb that says, when you lift another's burden and help him out of a hole, you find a place to bury your own burden. When we take the focus off of my needs, my wants, my preferences, my problems, a lot of my there, and when we put that on other people, how can I help you? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? What do you need? It, it shifts our whole outlook on life. So help others more. This year, we can determine to be more alert, more sensitive, more perceptive to the needs of those around us. I agree with Rick Warren when he said, the mark of spiritual maturity occurs when a believer takes off the bib and puts on the apron. And what he is suggesting is that immature children wear bibs and expect others to meet their needs. But those who wear aprons have learned the joy of serving others. Which are you? After this list of challenges that we've gone through, you may be thinking, I don't think I can do all those things. This, this list seems a, a bit overwhelming. And you're right. I can't do it either on my own. And neither can you. But we don't have to do it on our own. A verse I want to point your attention to is Philippians 4.13. In our strength, we will fail. But it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Max Dupre observed, in the end, it is important to remember that we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. We cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. And so we resolve, first of all, to restore the priority of putting Christ first. We resolve, secondly, to release the past and make a new start. And the third resolution I'm asking you to join me in making is, I will reach the people who need the hope that Christ gives. On, February, on Friday, November 22nd, 1963, 1.30 p.m., President John F. Kennedy was fatally shot in a Dallas motorcade. And history tells us that within 60 minutes of that event, nine out of 10 people in America knew the news. Everyone stopped what they were doing and told anyone in sight because they had to get the word out. That rate of spread of information is still unapproachable. It's unprecedented. Even in our world of, 
optic fiber and, and satellite communication. People who've studied the phenomenon say that that's not the whole story because 42% of the world heard about the shooting within 15 minutes. And more than 70% of America knew about it within 30 minutes. In the very extensive surveys that were taken, the astounding word is that the last person informed about the assassination of John F. Kennedy learned the news only three hours after his death. Now, let's translate that. How many people still have not heard the good news of Jesus? I mean, really heard about the greatest event in history. And we're here to spread the news. Every Christian is to be an ambassador for Christ. Let's look at the last verses in our text. And listen to how the Apostle Paul put it as we continue in verse 18 from 2 Corinthians 5. He said, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Several years ago, there was a Mercedes-Benz TV commercial showing their car colliding with a cement wall during a safety test. And someone asked the, the company spokesman why Mercedes does not enforce their patent on the Mercedes-Benz energy-absorbing car body, why they let this successful design be widely copied without any type of remuneration by other companies. And the ad says, matter-of-factly, because some things in life are too important not to share. And that statement captures the essence of why we must reach the people who need the hope that Christ offers. It's just too important not to share. And friendship outreach is simply telling our good friends about our best friend, Jesus. So how do you break down barriers to introduce a friend to Christ? You can go to lunch. You can attend a sports event together. You can invite them to church. Uh, you can go shopping together. You can share a link from a recent message. You can loan a Christian book. And, and the list goes on and on. But when you love someone, care about their spiritual well-being, we have to share that. Some things are too important not to share. First Peter 3.15 reminds us that we must always be ready to give an answer to others about Jesus and the hope we have because of him. It says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Don't miss that. Or not to bang anyone over the head with a Bible or pressure or arm twist or threaten or coerce. Winsomely, lovingly, we share, this has made a huge difference in my life. And I think it would really be great for you if you'd come visit our church. If you'd come to my life group. If you'd read this book that I just read. If you'd listen to this message, I think it might speak to you the way it spoke to me. Sharing your faith with others. Letting them see Christ in your life and and giving out his love and support to others. And you'll have people all around you all year long with needs and problems, and you can be Jesus to them. We are Christ's ambassadors. We're representing our king. And if you're willing to do that, you, you can do that. 
Our God and church neatly compartmentalized into a package that you tap into on Sunday morning? Or do they spill over and affect every area, pursuit, or passion of your life? Through your hobbies, through your work involvement, through your other associations, do you seek to represent Jesus to your peers who otherwise might never come to know Christ personally? We can all be more intentional about sharing Christ as we, we earn the right to be heard. When I was in my late 20s, I, I responded to an ad in a, a national magazine regarding some horses that were for sale. And the ad was nearby, about 15 minutes away. I was surprised to see it in this national publication, but I said, I'd like to come and see your horses. And they were owned by a, a single lady who was 60-ish, and she worked for the, the State Department of Education, and she operated a small horse stable by herself. Norma was very lonely with her only family member living 800 miles away. And this very intelligent woman had earned a PhD in education, had been a single mom, and as a result of seeing this magazine ad and our family visiting her farm, we, we became friends with, with Norma. As time went on, Norma became ill with a, a blood disorder that necessitated her selling her farm quickly and incurring the, the large sudden expense of having to board out several of her prized horses until they could be sold. So uh, I offered to keep one of her horses at our place just as a practical way to try to show her Christ's love and, and help her in her time of need. And during those months, I invited Norma to visit our church, but she would never come. This proud, self-sufficient woman's health condition began to grow more serious. She asked me if I would donate blood for her since we shared the same blood type, and so I, I helped her in, in that way. And I, I continued to, to plant spiritual seeds in her life and, and try to earn the right to be heard, but she wasn't ready yet to, to seek the Lord. It wasn't until a couple of years later in October when a young horse trainer who was a mutual acquaintance of ours was killed in a car accident that she began to contemplate spiritual things for the first time in her life. And that week she called me and said, uh, what are the times of the worship services at your church? I, I think I'd like to come this Sunday. She said she promised she'd be there, and she was. So Norma began to attend our church and, and to listen and to learn. And I remember meeting her at a Christian bookstore to, to help her pick out her very first Bible. And she began to read it and, and began to seek God. The following August, I had the privilege to take Norma's confession of faith in Christ and, and, and baptize her for the forgiveness of her sins. Our family moved away soon after that, and after we were gone, the church there continued to be this single woman's extended family, taking her to doctor's appointments, supporting her as her condition declined, and the following February, Norma died. I've often thought back to our, our final visit with Norma. She had, had traveled to visit us in our new home, and as she left that day, she told me, Jeff, you are the son I never had, and that was the last time I saw her before her death but I will see her again in heaven because instead of just sharing our common enthusiasm for horses, I had been able to share Christ with her and he provided her with eternal life. So now I was not just like a son, I was her brother in Christ. Don't delay building relationships. Start today to earn the right to be heard. Don't postpone having those talks. Don't wait until it is too late. Seize the moment. To delay is to disobey. 
I want you to think of the, the people you want to influence for Christ in this coming year and pray for them daily and look for opportunities to have a spiritual impact and then watch God work through you in 2023. I want you to consider the words of this, this unknown writer and would you bow your heads and, and make them your resolution prayer for the new year? Father God, I, I come to you now with a better awareness of who I am. I am more aware of my strengths and weaknesses. I am more in touch with my gifts. Now more than ever, I am alert to the shortcomings and sin in my life. I know I've sinned, Lord. Please forgive me. But do more than forgive me. Please change me so that I can become more like you. I've come now to another point in my life where I really need you. So please change my weaknesses into strengths. Please change me. When I want to criticize, please help me to see good things in others. When I want to lie, please help me be honest. When I hate, please help me to love. When I want to judge others, please have mercy on me and, and give me that same mercy for others. When I want to do wrong, help me to do right. When I lust, please deliver me. When I am envious, help me to be grateful for what I have. Lord, please change me. Please take away my bad habits, my compulsions, my addictions. Replace them all with those good things that come from you. Mostly, Lord, please change my heart. Please change my mind. Please change my attitude. I promise to do my part to change what I can, but I know that only you have the power to change me and make me more like yourself. I pray that you would do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.